I don't know if you've ever been lost in this life. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a situation uh, where you didn't know where you were and and it kind of gave you a very uneasy feeling. Um, Many years ago when I was just a young person, my family and I were camping at a a Kings Mountain State Park not too far from here. And I was leading a little expedition of myself and my uh, next brother to me, Brother Neil, and my Sister Beth, and we were walking through the woods, walking along a trail, and somehow or another we wandered off the trail and, and got lost in the woods, and, and um, it was a kind of a scary situation, not knowing which way to go, not knowing what to do, and so we kept walking through the woods, kept walking through the woods, and didn't know if we were getting more lost or what was happening, but eventually we came out on a highway, and a park ranger rode by, and picked us up and took us back to where my family was camping. But that was some kind of a scary thing. But what's even more scary is when one of your children get children get gets lost. Another time we were camping, um, uh, Jamie, my daughter, was out riding her bike, and uh, she was riding around the campground. And all of a sudden, this rainstorm started, and it was raining so hard, and so. Uh, I knew that she was getting drenched, so I jumped in the car to go find her to pick her up, and I went all over that campground and couldn't find her anywhere. Well, somehow or another, in the rainstorm, she got turned around, left the campground on her bicycle, and she was just a little kid, got all the way out to the main highway, and eventually, I guess she had enough sense to stop at a gas station to figure out where she was. But that scared her, but even more so, it scared me because of the fact that I knew that I had searched that entire campground and I couldn't find her anywhere. Thankfully, thankfully, someone was nice enough to call her, have her call us so we'd know where she was and I could go uh, pick her up. But that is scary. Anytime someone is lost, is a scary situation. But we're not here today to talk about people being lost in the woods or being lost when they're traveling to another d- destination. Today we want to talk to you about what it means to be lost when it comes to your soul. Have you ever really considered what it means to be lost? If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you need to very seriously consider what it means to be lost. At the same time, those of us who are Christians, we need to think about what it means when we have someone who is a loved one or someone who is a neighbor, someone who is a co-worker, and what it means when they are lost. For some reason, we live in a society today where um, being lost really doesn't carry with it the stigma or, or the, uh, the consideration it needs like it used to. Maybe it's because we don't have enough uh, sermons that are fire and brimstone, if you will, or maybe because we don't have enough lessons about hell. Uh, but at, yet at the same time, we need to understand what a terrible thing it is to be lost. Uh, And we want to spend some time talking about that this morning. Uh, Austin read for us from John chapter 10 and verse 10, which reminds us that Jesus is making a contrast between himself and Satan, who is the destroyer of this world. Jesus describes him as a thief, if you will, who has come to kill and destroy. Satan wants to see you lost. Satan wants to see you lose your soul. But Jesus has come that you may have life, You may have the fullest life. In fact, the King James Version says, I have come to give you life, and you may have life more abundantly. 
But today we want to spend some time thinking about this particular idea, what it means to be lost. And so I want you to think at it from this standpoint. To be lost means that I have failed the purpose for which I was created. Philosophers who study life and study the attitudes of different people in the world today and what they think about and what they long for and and what their uh, purpose in life is, they say that life boils down to basically two questions. This is really the sum of life. This is the question that everybody wants answered as they live their life. And those two questions are, who am I and why am I here? Who am I and why am I here? Well, you think about that first question, who am I, when it relates to what really life is all about and the true answer to that particular question, we need to understand that the answer to that question is, I am a living soul. That's the answer to that. I am a living soul. When God created this earth, we are reminded in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that after creating man, he breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. We are different from all the other creatures of the world. We are the crowning achievement of what God wanted here on this earth. We are the ultimate of his creation. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, he says, let us make man in our image. So God has put us on this earth, and the answer to the question is, I am a living soul that has some of the attributes of God that allows me to make decisions in life. And because God has made me a living soul and made me above all the creatures of this world, we need to understand what a precious possession this soul is. Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, He says, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall he give in exchange for his soul? The point that Jesus is making there is that we have within our bodies the most precious possession that a person could ever have. We're not just matter. We're just not some animal. We're just not some creation that's been put here for the benefit of someone else. We are a living soul that must one day return to God either in a saved condition or in a lost condition. Which brings us to the second question. Why am I here? A little girl climbs into her daddy's lap and she's... she's, staring into his eyes and holding his face. And and she says, what me for, Daddy? What me for? And that's the question all of us ask in this life. Why am I here? Why have I been placed here on this earth? Folks, the reason why you've been placed here on this earth is because you're part of God's plan. You're part of God's scheme of redemption. He wants you to be something that he wants you to make a decision, the right kind of decision in life, and follow his plan. Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 that no man can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one and love the other or hold on to one and despise the other. 
God has placed us here on this earth. The reason why we are here is to make the decision now while we're here on this earth where we're going to spend eternity. Uh, We are reminded over in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 19 how that everything we do here on this earth is the foundation for what our future life is going to be. The reason why we have been created here is summed up in what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, that the whole duty of man, or literally the whole of man, is to fear God and to keep his commandments. So we live this life on this earth, and not understanding who we are and why we are here, and we become lost, we have failed for the very purpose for which we were created. We have become a failure in life. Even if we have the most successful life, as far as the world is concerned, we have failed in our identity, and we have failed in which the purpose we have been created. That's what it means to be lost. But also when you think about that, you think about the fact that to be lost means that I have disappointed those who love me. When we think about God, we've already talked about how that he created us in his own image. But when you think about the fact that God created us and he did that out of love. Sometimes people ask the question, well, why in the world did God create mankind if he knew mankind was going to do what he was going, they were going to do, that sin was going to come into the world, that he was going to have to send his son to die on the cross? Why in the world did he create man? It's because God loves us. God loves us. Not only did he create us, but he gives us blessing after blessing after blessing. But he, his love is seen and it's ultimate when you think about John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now as we think about that great love that God has for us, when we think about how that God has done everything that he can to save us, think about the disappointment he has when someone is lost. Over in Luke chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus makes this statement how that there is more joy in heaven of one sinner who repents. There's joy in heaven when a sinner repents. Why? Because God loves us and he's disappointed in us when we are lost. In fact, later on in that same chapter, in chapter 15 of Luke, we have the story of the prodigal son, which is a picture of us and our relationship with God and how that we leave God. But when we make the decision to return home, there in verse 20, we have a picture of a father who sees us afar off and he runs. He runs and he wants to hug us and he wants to hold us. He wants to say, welcome back. Because he loves us. We have been created for His purpose. And so when we leave Him and we come back, there's great joy in heaven. But imagine the disappointment that our Father in heaven feels when there's someone here on this earth that's lost, when they could have been saved. But also think about how it affects Jesus Christ. When you think about everything He has done so that we could be saved, 
Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 reminds us that Jesus commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. He gave his love to us, knowing full well who we are, but it was for the purpose of saving us. And if we're going to be lost, it's like a rejection of his love. It's a rejection of what he did. Jesus loved us so much that even though we were sinners, he died for us. Imagine the disappointment he has in us if we are lost. Then, of course, we can think about our own family members. We know that our family members who are Christians, that uh, even though we might not understand how it's all going to work out, but we know there's no tears in heaven, and we know uh, that God's going to make all those things that are wrong right, and, and those things will be taken care of. We're not sure how that's all going to work. So I don't believe there's going to be disappointment in heaven, but I do believe that we feel disappointment here on this earth. When we think about our loved ones who have had so many opportunities to hear the gospel, when we think about our loved ones that we know that they know better, but yet they decide never to put on Christ in baptism, they decide never to change their life, oftentimes we go through this world with disappointment. And we fail those who love us simply because we make the decision that we do not want to become a safe person. But also when we think about to be lost, we need to understand that it means that I can never truly be happy. Whether we realize it or not, one of the main things we do on this earth is try to figure out a way to be happy. It's one of those things that drive us. It's one of those things that's always in the back of our mind. Uh, We want to be happy people. We want to live happy lives. But yet we need to understand and appreciate the fact that there's no real happiness here on this life. There's no way we're truly ever going to be happy. Uh, There's just too much pain and suffering. Uh, There's too much sin and death. Uh, The only way we're ever going to find the happiness that our soul so longs for is to spend eternity with our Father in heaven. That's the only way that we're ever truly going to find happiness. Uh, We need to be reminded that um, Jesus reminds us in John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For I go, for in my house are many mansions, for I go to prepare a place for you that where I, may, I am, that there you may be also. God wants us to understand that God and Jesus Christ is preparing a very special place for us. A place where we're going to be happy. The Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, he t- reminds us how that... that Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has man even thought in his heart of the wonderful treasures that heaven is going to be a part of. We need to understand and appreciate as we go through this life that that we're not going to find true happiness in this life. There will be fleeting moments. There will be things that make us smile and things that make us laugh, but oftentimes they are so buffered by the bad things here in this life. And so we need to understand that we're never, ever truly going to be happy in this life unless we are saved, unless we get to spend eternity with our Father in heaven. Um, 
psalmist reminds us in Psalm chapter 17 and verse uh, 16 how that uh, true happiness comes when the day arrives when we get to see the face of God in righteousness. Be able to behold God and be in a righteous state with Him is the ultimate, ultimate happiness. But on the other side of this, to be lost means that we're going to be ruined eternally. Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning at verse 7, that there will come a time when God's going to send His Son back. And He's going to come back, and He's going to come back taking vengeance, vengeance with flaming fire with His angels, who will destroy those who have obeyed not God and have obeyed not the gospel. We need to understand and appreciate the fact that if we are lost, then that means we're going to spend eternity with Satan and his angels in hell. In the great judgment scene in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, uh, Jesus talks about those who are going to spend eternity uh, in a terrible place. He says, depart from me. I know you not. You're going to spend eternity with Satan and his angels. Hell is a very terrible place. Hell is a place where you do not need to, to want to even think about spending there. But yet we need to understand that if we are lost, then we're going to be ruined eternally. Now think about these points for just a moment. Think about to be lost means that I have failed the purpose for which I was created. That I have disappointed those who love me. I can never truly ever be happy and I will be ruined eternally. Now you think about those things and you think, why in the world would anybody want to be lost? But then you think about the fact of the passage that Austin read for us a few moments ago, which is the theme of Christianity, which is it's the theme of the entire Bible. When Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. There is no reason in the world for anybody to be lost. Jesus Christ has done everything that He needed to do. God has done everything that He has needed to do. Even though we don't deserve it, even though we can't earn it, even though it may seem unfair that God would set up such a plan to save a bunch of reprobates like we are, but yet God, out of His grace and out of His love and out of His mercy, has given us the opportunity not to be lost. We can be saved and fulfill the purpose for which we have been placed here. We can be saved and make God happy, not disappoint Him. We can be saved and be eternally happy. We can be saved and not have to spend eternity in hell. And so... Oftentimes when I think about this and, and I contemplate the fact that God is willing to give us so much and responding to His love is, is so simple, I don't understand why people don't take advantage of it. Why don't people take advantage of the love of God and the blood of Jesus Christ? I know there's commitment involved. I know there's repentance involved. But we need to have the faith in God and His Son, Jesus Christ, that He is willing to save us if we put our faith and hope and trust in Him. And why would refuse, anyone would refuse such an offer just doesn't make any sense to me. 
So if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, I'm not here to judge you. The Bible will do that. But I want you to know you're lost. And if you're lost, I don't have to repeat them again. But that's all you have to look forward to. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, uh, we would love for you to respond to the gospel invitation and we'll sit down and talk to you about what is involved in that. But if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you're willing to repent of your sins, if you're willing to confess His name before others and be buried in the watery grave of baptism, please don't put it off any longer. We're not guaranteed one more day or even one more minute. Why leave this place today being in a lost state when you can be in a safe state? When you can look forward to an eternity of happiness and be a part of the most wonderful family here on this earth, the Lord's church. Or it may be some here this morning who have forgotten what it means to be a Christian, about the joys and the blessingness of being part of this special family. There are some needs we can help you with in that area. We also want you to respond as we stand and sing the invitation song.